0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I am so excited to have our special guest, Bruce Lund. Bruce, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Well, thanks for having me, for sure.
0: You know, I'm excited. I've been looking at your social media and some of the things that you have going on, and I'm really excited to hear about what you're doing right now. But before we get too far into right now, I'd love for you to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe give us some background and some things that we should know about what got you here
1: yeah absolutely uh you know just over three years ago i decided to move from nashville to denver to launch this 90-day sales manager program and i typically start there with my story because i think that we can all relate to this and uh you know it was in the back of my mind that i wanted to go all in on being my own entrepreneur i'd helped grow a multi-million dollar coaching business in nashville we are a two-man show and i wanted to go from the assistant coach to the head coach So it was already in the back of my mind. I really want to go do this thing. And then something happened in my life. My dad passed away. And, you know, that was like that kick in the ass. You only get one life kind of a thing. And I remember just having a conversation with him. You know, if you study deathbed research, you know, we'll far more regret what we could have done in life, what we should have done, but what we did not do. And so I really just used that as a catalyst for me just to go all in on my entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial career. Easier said than done, right? Um, (laughs) And move out to Denver and... You know, one of the remarkable things about moving out here is I didn't know anybody in Colorado. I mean, people literally thought I was going through a midlife crisis, so to speak. And now fast forward three years later, you know, I could have made a better decision. Um, So it's just been great because everything that we're going to talk about, you know, not only did I help grow it at another company, but now I've lived it as the the actual entrepreneur. And I think that's a big part of my journey is I'm not some white-haired coach who made my millions 20 or 30 years ago. I'm out there in the trenches all day, every day you know, just like you are, just like our audience is going through this process.
0: That's amazing. So were you from Nashville originally?
1: From Michigan, born and raised. uh, I played college baseball down in Maryville, uh, right outside of Knoxville and uh, played baseball there, moved back to Michigan, finished all my baseball career there. And then I ended up moving back to Murfreesboro, actually, to go to grad school at Middle Tennessee State University. So I had my PhD in human performance So I really do love the behavioral sciences side of the stuff, which is really where this, the 90 day sales manager uh, program comes into play.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about the 90 day sales manager.
1: Yeah. So 90 day sales manager, it's, it's really, for me, it's a way of life. It's it's a way to, for you to look at your business in 90 day increments. So we created 90 day selling system. And then within all that, we have like literally 300 courses or videos within the platform. I mean, it truly is like a boot camp style. Because what I've learned studying a lot of coaching, other coaching programs and platforms is it's a lot of platitudes. Like go get your name out there, go network, and you're like, well no kidding, right? And it, it really doesn't come from a heart of a teacher approach. So that's where we put I put together this 90-day boot camp, day one, day two, day three. You know, being a former college professor, that's what I, I just love teaching. And I love giving people a step-by-step process. If you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And so that's really what the 90-day program is. But we, we've really morphed more into an on-demand platform as well. So, um, But 90-day sales manager, we used to call it the P90X of sales training, you know, stop and give me a 20 or 30 minutes every single day to go through our virtual training platform to use the sales plan or to go through the workbooks and, you know, just keep showing up and hitting play every single day. And eventually something good will happen for you, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, however long that might be.
0: Interesting. So who usually uh, takes your program or is in your program?
1: Yeah, so anybody in a a commoditized space, real estate, mortgage, title, insurance, financial services, CPAs. uh, You know, I've personally started focusing on like my one-to-one coaching more on mortgage and financial services. Um, And I have another coach that actually handles all my real estate clients. So it's actually worked out really well to where... I can focus on my little segment of people which is financial services and mortgage and that's predominantly because that's who i get that's why i get um booked to speak with the most like i've spoken at the la convention center the new york Marquis marriott and you know manhattan so uh, i just have learned that most of my speaking gigs for me are coming in the mortgage and financial services space so most of my clients are there and then i can kind of outsource to the real estate community more so than anything i think there are a lot of different nuances when it comes to real estate.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I've never been a real estate agent. And so for a lot of agents, they can't get over that. And they can't get over the mindset that I've never sold a home before. So I'm like, all right, cool. Then I'll just hand you on to this guy over here who sold a lot of homes and, and, and spent a millionaire in real estate.
0: Okay, awesome. So tell us a little bit more. So when you made the decision to come over to uh, Colorado and uh, what, what helped make that decision? Why Colorado?
1: Why Colorado? I get that one quite a bit. Um, So I mentioned I'm from Michigan, so I really do enjoy seasons, but I don't enjoy the Michigan seasons. You know, so I was looking at maybe Chicago, and I'm like, I'm not quite ready for those winters yet. Uh, I had lived – I was a professor down in the Texas A&M system, so I lived in Texas, and it's just freaking hot, like, all the time. So I didn't really enjoy that part of it. And then I lived in West Virginia, and I've lived in, uh, obviously, Tennessee. And so when I was thinking about this, I'm like, I want to go west. And I was looking at, um, you know, Phoenix and San Diego and, and Denver. And I just decided, again, like, Phoenix kind of has that same problem. It's just hot a lot, you know. Uh, <laughs> San Diego is beautiful, just super expensive. So Denver is just the main hub. You know, it's easy to fly out to anywhere. You can be anywhere in about two hours on a flight. Um, so that was really the decision. I like to snowboard. I like to hike. Actually, I lied. I don't really like to hike. I like to snowboard. And I like rooftops and drinking beer. So it, it fit well <laughs> within my within my calendar.
0: Absolutely. We'll have to go snowboard sometime. That's one of my favorite things That's to awesome.
1: do. For sure. Have you been out to you know the Rockies then before?
0: Um, like as far as our mountains here?
1: No, or have you, you came out to Colorado at all for snowboarding, like uh Vale or Aspen or anything like that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually have a place in Winter Park. So the last couple of years. Winter Park tends to be um, my kind of home stomping ground, but I definitely have um, I definitely have spent my fair share in the Colorado mountains. And okay. it's kind of like my happy place. I feel like, you know, some people go to the ocean and I love the ocean, um, but I, I definitely feel like that the mountains and just kind of the majesticness of how grand it all is and how tiny I feel um, is one of my like, just kind of happy places on earth.
1: I am with you. I am with you completely. And I have actually never been to Winter Park yet. So that's that's been on my list. One of my good friends that's in the title business here, uh, Gavin Higashi, he's the number one title rep in all of Colorado, but he has a condo or a cabin, you know, in in Winter Park. And I just never, I haven't gone during ski season. So I've heard, it's, I've heard Mary Jane is amazing and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fun. You got to be ready to do some stuff i mean you don't go there to just kind of have a leisurely day i don't feel like it's pretty pretty intense but if you're up for it it's a uh, terrain like some of the best in the world
1: we'll, well have to get up us. there let's do yeah.
0: it yeah yeah we'll have to get up there we've got a pretty good crew it's kind of fun you build a little crew of snowboarders yeah and um and actually we've started to allow some skiers you know there no. for a while you didn't cross over but now
1: sarah you know, it so
0: Yeah. But you know, sometimes it's nice to have those skiers with their poles that can kind of help you through the flat spots. So, you know, we, we gotta try to be, um, tolerant if you will. (laughs) Um, so, you know, so, so tell us a little bit more. So you came out here, you didn't know anyone, how did you kind of start to acclimate and how did you build a business here?
1: Yeah. So that's where it really gets into, it's it's really interesting because within the first six months to a year, uh, you know, people in real estate, the community, they're like, who is this guy? You know, like everybody had heard of me within six months to a year, because I followed a selling system. I followed this dream 100 concept that we were talking about off air of, which is, it's basically just that it's identifying who the major players are, you know, in the social media world, we use the word influencers. I really dislike that term after watching fire. Was it fire? Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that's thing, right.
0: Yeah.
1: So <laughs> there's, there's people of influence in, in certain industries in the community. They're actual leaders, and so it was really just that identifying all these major players, getting on their radar, um, you know, knowing my belief system, why I believe what I believe. I do have a unique background, having a PhD and being a professor, and all those kinds of things. And so that really is where, again, it's just me following my own quote-unquote systems. There, you know, there are five habits of highly effective salespeople, and I tell people, I don't care what business that you're in. Uh, You know, I kind of tailor towards the solopreneur, but if you're an individual producer, your business really isn't that unique. I hate to break it to you, right? You have to go out there and lead generate. You have to follow up. um, You have to know what you believe and why you believe it tied to your unique past as to why you do what you do. Uh, You need to be amazing at your customer experience. You need to be able to ask for referrals and repeat business and testimonials, right? And then you need to get more attention. We all need more attention for our businesses, whether that's through social media, whether that's through digital marketing, whether that's through... Uh, you know the offline going to events attending events hosting events. So it's really it's really just been that of like these are the five habits of highly effective salespeople That's really what I get, um I get booked to go speak on the most all over the country and really all over the world now Is just those five habits because everybody's business is the same on paper Right. Your business should be easy on paper. And that's the book that I'm working on right now I'm trying to figure out the title, but it's something along the lines of your business should be boring like I don't know, that's not really sexy, but that's the whole point. It's like your business really shouldn't be, uh, should should be boring, but it's not because of the things that we get to do and the people that we get to do them with, right? It's, it's a lot of fun. It's never a dull moment. But on paper, this stuff really should be boring.
0: <laughs> I love that. You know, and it's interesting. You said a couple of things. You know, one of the important things when you came here was really knowing your belief system and really knowing what you stood for. Um, how do you, you know, the, the idea of this show is really social capital and how relationships are, are a major driving force in our overall success, professionally, personally, just in life in general. And often, you know, we, we talk a lot about what you do um, to help build relationships, but, you know, you mentioned belief system and how important is that to being able to develop strong relationships?
1: It is the most important thing, you know, it's, it's the one thing that I would say a lot of people come to us for it, because we don't, re- we don't think of it that way. Like for a lot of people, your belief system, it's just, again, it's a platitude. It's just kind of words, you know, like your vision statement and your mission statement. And until you truly have defined what that is for you as an individual, then it, they're just going to be words on paper. So we all know this in sales. There's a lot of people that we know on the front end, man, they don't, they don't fit our filter. They don't share our beliefs. They're going to be high maintenance. And quite frankly, we probably shouldn't take them on as a client, but we do that anyways. Right? <laughs> and then we really quickly learn, oh my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. You know, just let me get through this 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, or whatever that is. So we teach what I call turn your beliefs into money. It's having an opportunity statement. So not so much your values, your unique value proposition, which is what most people focus on. You know, like these are my products. These are my services. This is the commodity. And this is how I do it different than other people. I, that's important, absolutely. But before we build that, I want to teach people a unique belief proposition. So what do you believe? Why do you believe it? And then what do you do? So that's where we start with every one of our clients. Having something to say is just as important as having somebody to say it to. So your belief statement is really like your five to 10 word tagline. You know, mine is right here. You'll see it on all my marketing collateral. I have one very basic belief. Trained people always outperform untrained people. So I have it kind of down to five words. Trained people outperform untrained people, right? That is my personal tagline. That is how I live my life. Now, why do I believe that? That's the important part, right? That's where you unpack your special, so to speak. Um, So when I tell you trained people outperform untrained people, you're probably like, yeah, I, I believe that too, right? So we're already in the shared beliefs. Now, why I believe that is where I become interesting to you, in my opinion. Right? So I think in today's world, we have to be interested and interesting ourselves in a noisy, busy world. And so that's where I kind of help people unpack their special. How do you find packages, sell your individual special, your free prize? So when I tell people the reason I believe trained people, outperform on trained people is, you know, I'm a former college athlete. I grew up in a small town, Michigan. I grew up pouring a trailer. Coaches, teachers, trainers, mentors are the only reason I am where I am. Right? So now I put a story behind it. So I believe, you know, I have a PhD. I grew up small-town Michigan poor in a trailer. My dad was an alcoholic most of my life. My mom was working multiple jobs. I would always go outside and just study these athletes. Ray Allen shoot a jump shot and Alex Rodriguez hit the baseball. And I would VHS record these athletes and mimic them in my living room trailer and just do it again and again and again. And then I would go outside and I would practice it over and over and over again. So once you figure out your unique belief tied to your story, now you're empowered. Now you know why you do what you do every single day, all right? So now it becomes fun. So that's really the first part of all this is just your shared beliefs, like train people out from untrained people. I believe everybody needs a coach in areas of of their life that are important. Um, I believe we become the sum total of those we hang around the most, right? I believe in spending time with talented people. I believe when we get overly emotional, we make bad decisions. So I have a lot of different little beliefs, but I can tell a story around a personal experience around that that now it resonates with somebody behind it right it's like the vh1 story behind the story right documentaries right so it's kind of like that mindset
0: oh my god that's awesome and it's just so true it's very powerful once we identify who we are what we stand for like simon Sinek says what our why is you know um and so then there was the third part of that is you know your your tagline and then your why and then the next is what you do with it so how does that continue on and relate
1: yeah, so the third, like, so it's what you believe, which is your tagline. Why, why do you believe it? Because of your unique past, right? So don't suppress the past, celebrate it. That's what makes you who you are. And you mentioned Simon Sinek. I really do feel like this is like the new age Simon Sinek with with Carnegie, right? Carnegie always talks about no like and trust. And this is a TED Talk I'm working on. It's no like trust, but it's respect. It's the missing ingredient from no like and trust. Is the TED Talk I'm working on right? Awesome. And it, it's respect is it, respect is earned right respect is just one of those things that where there's something about your battle tested you there's something about you that i get that i wasn't expecting right and again that's kind of where i go, go off on this little tangent about influencers and like taking pictures and there's nothing i respect about you just because you can take a picture and you right. look good on the camera right it's, it's there has to be a story behind the story that gets into it. so once we figure that out then it's literally telling people I'm, I'm then giving you permission to commoditize yourself. So because of my beliefs and because of my unique past, the third part then gets into, this is what I actually do. So I have an, a, you know, a sales training program where we help people commoditize industries, find package and sell special, right? So that's the first part of all this is what you believe, why you believe it, and then what you do. And then we get into your unique value proposition, which is how you do it differently, who you've done it for, and then learning how to ask. Even in that very first conversation, or have a call to action as to what's going to happen with that relationship if they fit your filter. That's the point there. Because if you say what you believe and why you believe it, and they're looking at you funny, what do we know in the first 30 seconds? They probably they not. Don't, they don't fit your filter.
0: Yeah. Right? I,
1: don't chase exactly. attract, right? And so that's a big part of this. Would you rather know in the first 15 seconds if somebody shares your beliefs, or would you rather chase them for 15 months, which is what most salespeople do? So it's a lot of fun once we can figure out habit number one which is having something to say is just as important as having somebody to say it to and knowing your story and why you do what you do and then marrying that with your actual value proposition sorry i went on there that was like a long lesson
0: yeah that's awesome that's what we're looking for um you know so thank you for sharing and i think that gives us a lot of insight into just sort of how you see this all like fitting together Um, And sort of the priorities that that are in alignment there when it really kind of starts with yourself before you can go out and really have an impact. You've got to do some self reflection um, and sort of know that. So when you came here, how did you get started? What did what did you do? Did you just make your your 100 list and then start kind of working from there? Or what did that look like?
1: A little both. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't have a hundred because I didn't know anyone. So it's just <laughs> like anything, you know, I have a daily sales planner and it's just that it's like every day I'm trying to have 10 meaningful conversations. So one of the very first people I met out here was uh, with Joey Abdullah. Joey Abdullah is a, a mortgage. He's a lender here. And I always joke around like my, my family, my Colorado family tree starts with Joey. <laughs> and at that time, you know, I had these 10 different selling system categories. So when I meet you, you're kind of going right into my advocate category, whether you realize it or not. Because I don't know anybody, so I'm just gonna melt that relationship, man. I'm gonna, if you have an event, I'm gonna show up at it, right? I'm gonna call you, I'm gonna stay engaged with you. And so early on, and I would just tell you, like, I need to get back to that more. Like that's why the Dream 100 works so well is once you grow a database, I have 10,000 people now in my database. It sounds cool, it's not. You can't actively manage 10,000 people, so. It's just that, it's like, who are your top 25? And then who are your top 50? And then who are your top 100? And I would just say, you know, if we get past that, it becomes really difficult to actively manage it. But, you know, some of my selling system categories, you know, it's attending networking events, it was hosting my own events. Once a quarter, I try to do one big, fun, cool event that people wanna come to. Um, And then speaking engagements. So how does that relate to the real estate community? Because that's what everyone always asks. Like, I'm not a speaker. But you should be doing open houses, right? Like that's a multiplier activity, whether you're getting in front of three people, five people, 50 people that come to an open house. I would see that as a showcase event for you. It's a chance for you to articulate your skill sets and your knowledge, right? So we have speaking showcases, we have networking showcases, and then we have advocate showcases. So those are the three types of showcases. So many advocate events once a week, host your, your homies, right? Have your homies come hang out and go to a ball game. You know, depending on your times, if you're in COVID, then you can't do that. But, um, you know, but it's doing these different activities to where it's it's energy compounding because you enjoy it, and because you enjoy doing them. Now, other people are naturally attracted to you. If you're doing things that you hate, then people aren't going to be attracted to it. So, if you hate cold calling, could you get better at it? Sure. If you hate door knocking, could you get better at it? Sure. But there's there's so many different ways in today's world for us to grow a database. Now, if you don't like talking to people, generally. (laughs) And like, yeah, it's going to be hard for you to be in sales because sales is just a matter of building relationships and talking to people. And again, that's a platitude, I know. But if you don't truly know why you do what you do and certain, and you don't like being around people, then it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to grow a long-term
0: sustainable business. Absolutely. And so as you got here, you just, you really, not just, you started doing what you preach and attending networking events, hosting them, really putting yourself out there. For people who are listening, who are curious, like, hey, I think I have a message, but I don't know how to get that message out. What do you recommend as far as speaking engagements and the things you were saying?
1: We all have a message. That's that's the great thing. You know, I, I believe everybody has a book inside of them that they can write. Whether it's a 300-page book or a 50-page book, there's something that I can get from anyone. Again, that's the free price. There's something I get from you that I can't get from somebody else. Because we all have unique past, struggles, experiences, messages, stories, all that kind of stuff. So it just starts with outlining a lot of these different kinds of things, you know, like defining moments in my life. What did I learn from that? So I I typically have people start out with your unique past. So it's kind of like you turn your mess into your message, right? We've heard that before. So I borrow that concept. I'm good at borrowing concepts. And the M is for uh, your mentors, right? Your E is for, I'm trying to remember now. Oh, just your experiences. So there's some kind of unique experiences, like me playing college baseball. That's a unique experience, right? Um, Struggles. And then your scriptings. So scriptings are just from your past, right? Your parents and and whoever was raised. So to me, it's like that's where your message comes from your mentors, your education or your experiences, your struggles, and then your past scriptings. And so for a lot of people, it's just writing, like you said earlier, like, I love that word of like being self-aware, emotional intelligence, the number yeah. one indicator of success, which is not taught, unfortunately. I've gone oh. through as much schooling as you can go through. I never took a class in emotional intelligence. That's actually this book right here I wrote when I was 25 it's called Nextpert, is you're the next expert. And the very first thing I talk about in that book is the importance of emotional intelligence, understanding your emotions and why you have those emotions and understanding other people's emotions. So being self-aware is a big part of that. But a lot of us do have imposter syndrome where we don't feel like we're good enough or whatever. We tell all these limiting self-belief things that you are good enough, but you do have to spend, spend the time to do the heavy lifting to figure out what that story is, to turn your mess into your message.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And you've said several things that I, I totally resonate with me. I was listening to um, Malcolm Gladwell's book outliers yesterday and, you know, it was just interesting how he was talking about community and just how we, you know, so much of, of, what we have to offer um, the world around us is already in us. And it's just about, he he was talking about how, you know, it's basically proven that successful people don't just like get there. It's the amount of time and energy and effort they put into whatever it is that they're passionate about. And so a big piece of it is just really beginning to identify who we are, what makes us unique, and then standing up in that place and saying like, hey, I, I don't have to be you, you don't have to be me, we can be um, just uniquely who we are, and there's things in each of us that we can really benefit the whole population by sharing, right, and being open to. And so I think you you um, you know, you sort of hit the nail on the head in the, just the conversation of saying like, hey, there are some things that you have to offer, um, but you're gonna have to put some effort into making those things available to other people. Another thing you made a comment about is um, the customer experience. And I feel like more and more we're hearing these conversations about and not just being, um, you know, about going in and buying a product or whatever, but really it's all about the experience, whether it's a grocery store or a, a department store or a hotel stay, whatever it may be, this experience conversation continues to happen. What are your thoughts on on that?
1: No, I agree completely. Uh, and especially talking about millennials, uh, I'm, I'm on the older end of being a millennial, but I am still a millennial. But you know, we do love the experience, uh, you know, even even if it's shopping online or going in person, like a lot of times we'll we'll find something online, but we'll still buy it in person because we enjoy that that experience part of it. And I'll just say, you know, like one of the concepts I, I have um, I speak on is called being transformational in a transactional world. Again, if we're going to focus on real estate, folks, your world can be very transactional if you allow it to be right? It's, it's all based on price, you know, am I going to get reduced rate? Am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? Whatever it might be, you know, commission. And I'll just say, you know, if, if you deliver such a unique customer experience and you have that free prize and you make it fun and engaging every step of the way and they respect you, then they're never going to go somewhere else again, you know? And so that's the mindset for me is we have to be transformational in a transactional world we live in a very transactional world by nature when you work in a commoditized industry. A commoditized industry literally just means, you know, there's 10,000 of you in Denver, right? There's 10,000 real estate agents in Denver. You're a commodity, whether you wanna say it or not. Coaching has become one of the biggest commodities out there. And so when I go shop for a bottle of water, for instance, what am I shopping on? I shop on price. I'm on a water snob, okay? I don't care if it's smart water or whatever it is. It's the same minerals and ingredients, okay? So therefore I'm shopping on price now why would people pay for smart water or whatever it is that experience right it's that the exclusivity part of that club the social identity part of it so i would completely agree it's that customer experience so defining what that customer experience is for you whether it's the fact that you're going to be world-class at communication uh it could be the fact that you want to make it fun right it could be the fact that you just want to be uh, superior in your knowledge in your negotiation whatever that might be but again that free is there has to be something i get from you that i can't get from anyone else um which is just a big part of like i said your own individual free prize but also through your customer experience because to me those are the two different places you have a free prize your actual products and your services your knowledge or you as the individual person and your traits That well,
0: that's huge and um and thank you for sharing i'm, I'm curious as i hear you talk i'm would you share with us just sort of what a day is like for you? I mean, as you're building kind of this business, you're doing coaching, you've got, um, you know, your speaking engagements, like what does your typical day look like?
1: Typical day is, again, assuming that we're not, um, you know, shack up inside, quarantined. Uh, typical day for me would be, you know, I do, I, I love speaking. So if I can travel, that's awesome. One thing I didn't share about my unique story is last year, 2019, I was a nomad for six months, so I moved everything I owned into a storage unit in in Denver because I was literally speaking that much all over the country. So that was something I did simply because I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get my message out there. I truly believe I'm just as good, if not better, than anybody out there. So that's that self belief you have to have it. Um, But on a typical day, let's just say I'm here in Denver and it's your every. It's a it's a Tuesday afternoon. I try to have. I don't care if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, Fridays, I do try to have fun. Okay. So my, my whole game plan is to bust my ass and have a great week Monday through Thursday. I have a four hour work day on Friday and then go to the mountains or go to a ball game or have an early happy hour or whatever it might be. But on a normal Monday through Thursday, uh, I have a concept called the four hour work week or excuse me, the four hour work day. A lot of you have heard of the four hour work week by Timothy Ferris. And I say no offense to Timothy, but that doesn't exist for 99.9% of us. But the four-hour workday can So if you go to the fourhourworkday.com, uh, we give that away for free. It's like a it's like a full-on five-day course on how to have a four-hour workday and how to master it. But I have personal development time, I have professional development time, I have marketing development, I have my operations. And I'm trying to be proactive by noon every single day. 90 minutes of my time on my personal development. I'm a big Stephen Covey fan. Whole person theory. The mind, the body, the heart, the spirit. The mind's need is to learn. The body's need is to live. The heart's need is to love or to be loved. The spirit's need is to leave a legacy. So I carve out the first 90 minutes of my day. And again, if you have kids or whatever that might be, then maybe you can't do that. I understand that. But I would just say you need to have, you need to take care of all four parts of those. We have different potions. We have different needs for different dimensions for all four parts. So I spend 30 minutes of intentional learning. So I just, I listen to a podcast for 10 minutes, but then I'm intentional with my learning. I get kind of frustrated by that when being a teacher because so many people will listen to this but nothing's going to happen from it, right? right. Or it's like personal development's like a hobby, but we don't really we don't execute on it. Um, I spend 30 to 50 minutes on my body, so let's just say I do a five three one one system. 50 minutes for my body, so 30 minutes intensive could be yoga, it could be cardio, it could be weightlifting, could be whatever it is. So I do 10 minutes of kind of getting warmed up, pre-workout drink, 30 minutes intensive. 10 minutes of stretching, okay? So that's 50 minutes for my body, uh, 30 minutes for my mind, right? 10 minutes for my heart, which is gratitude. So I either love on myself or love on other people through thank you cards, notes, text messages, whatever it might be. And then I spend 10 minutes on what I would say is my spirit, which to me is my legacy. So I don't get into the, the spiritual stuff just because I choose to leave that out of my business. I am spiritual, but I'm, I just, as a coach, you don't want to kind of open up that Pandora's box sometimes, So I say spirit part is your legacy. So 10 minutes a day should be spent on your legacy, which is your CRM, and making sure your database is updated. So let's say I had five new business meetings yesterday. I went to an event last night. I'm probably not going to go home after having a few cocktails at 10 o'clock at night and put them into my CRM. So that's why I build out time in the morning. So that's 90 minutes for personal development. As you guys can tell, I'm pretty intense Okay, when it comes to this stuff. (laughs) But it's because I have to be. I've learned that time block creates the autonomy a lot of us become solopreneurs entrepreneurs because i want to control my calendar and i want the autonomy to do this and that and the other and i've just learned i have to create that sense of urgency every single day for the first four hours at least and then that way it frees me up to do some of these other things i might want to go do so 90 minutes for personal development 90 minutes is tied to my professional development which is just my proactive prospecting 30 minutes are based on three marketing activities i do every single day i do go-giver social media For 10 minutes a day, I do a a business, family, friends, or fun post every single day. And I do a, um, oh, the gratitude card thing every single day. So that's kind of where, not gratitude card, but um, like loving on other people. go give her social media is just loving on other people. So you can see it's like very systematic. And I'm actually a high D, high I. So I'm actually not a very systematic person at all. I have to be because I am a high D, high I when it comes to that. So I I get amped up talking about the four-hour workday because it's truly changed my life. Because there were so many times early on in my business, man, I would come home and instead of celebrating your progress, we we focus on all the things that we didn't get done, right? I call it the execution gap. A lot of us live in the frustration gap. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. We always move that benchmark. We get closer to it. We move it. Therefore, we're always in this state of frustration. So to me, it's the celebration gap. This is where I started today. This is where I got to celebrate that progress over perfection every single day. And I mean, if you just do these little basic things like we're talking about, none, none of this stuff is probably earth shattering for a lot of people. You're like, I've heard that before, right? And my response is always, yeah, but are you doing it? Common yeah, that's is it huge.
0: The actual like taking action on some of this stuff is the huge stuff. Um, you know, you, you shared a lot with us and I really appreciate you giving us a glimpse into kind of the world as you know it, and how you've kind of developed these structures and these kind of frameworks for, for success in your daily life. And it's interesting how it's these small, six, these small steps every day that really have led you to where you are now. And so you've been here three years, you launched this program. Um, so, so tell us a little more about like what this looks like for you now.
1: Yeah, so now it's, as you can imagine, building in a 90-day accountability group, Every so having to sell a 90-day program every 90 days is exhausting. Okay um, So what I learned is I'm, I'm trying to build the best I'm not trying to again like affirmations and intentions We are building the best Sales training platform in the world a true educational sales training platform for people in commoditized industries that are typically Solopreneurs, right? So if you never heard of the word solopreneur It means you're solely in charge of your business growth your sales your service your marketing your mindset you might have people on your team, but again, I'm more focused on individuals that have to wake up, paint up, spray up every single day. So, truly building out in how to course an ongoing training platform that's the future for me. And I'll, whether we have 100 people in there, 1,000 people, 10,000, I'm not consumed by the numbers as I am making it the best resource for an individual producer to go to. Whether they're looking for how to run Facebook ads, whether they're looking for uh, which CRM is best fit for them, whether they're looking to, uh, we do have a scoreboard, whether they're looking to uh, content experts, whether they're looking to a community of people, uh, whether it's, you know, what events are upcoming, uh, how to host events, you know, like it truly is every single thing that goes into running your business, depending on where you're currently at. It could be scaling out, building a team. So that is the vision for us. And I'm super excited about it because, you know, during, you know, during the, the COVID thing, like it, it gave me a permission to slow down, to speed up. It gave yeah. me permission to look at my business and say, Where do I want to take this thing? And and now I'm just it's just that. I'm doing every single week I'm doing amazing interviews, just like you're doing this interview with me. Um, you know, my courses are truly like I want you to come on here and have a PowerPoint and I want it to be you're teaching it, you know, kind of a thing. And I have, you know, I have the pleasure of having hundred million dollar producers and mortgage and fifty million dollar producers in real estate and you know, so many different amazing people. And it's fun, as you know, when you interview people, because you hear the same things in just different ways. Yeah. Different contexts. Um, and so that allows you to just say, man, I'm on the right path. It's not a matter of if I'm going to have success. It's a matter of when, if I keep doing the daily heavy lifting, right? The small mini private victories turn into major public victories at some point. Now, we don't know when that point is. That's the thing of all this. That's why we have to stay in the, a frame of mind of gratitude. And we have to protect our confidence and we have to do the heavy lifting every single day. That's why the 90 day sales cycle for me, reset at zero every single day and compound effect, right? Darren Hardy, just do these little things every single day. And eventually you're going to increase your skill sets. You're going to increase your confidence. You're going to increase your activities. Uh, it'll get easier. You know, one of my favorite quotes, Jim Rohn, don't wish you were easier. I wish you were better. know. <laughs> Yeah, I remember moving to Colorado and I mean, this is Ninja Land, you know, like everybody uses Ninja and and Larry Kendall and they have an amazing program, obviously. But, you know, when I was 30 something years old moving here, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to show these guys because I'm kind of competitive. Um, But I had to learn like it's I'm not competing against them. It's not fair for me to compare myself to somebody that's been doing it for 20 or 30 years longer than me. And we do that a lot, right? We we compare up a lot versus we're competing against our own potential every single day. Now there are some days that we we just, it wasn't a good day, right? But that's the point is we, we don't wanna have two or three or four bad days in a row. So that's what this 90 day reset at zero thing allows me to do is just reset every single day. Some days are better than others for sure.
0: You know, thank you for sharing. And there was something you said before we started recording just about how you'd sort of been inspired to take the time that we had during COVID to um, sort of just reinvent yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that quote that you saw and sort of how it inspired you? Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, so um, number one, a lot of times you make change because you get frustrated, right? For as much as we love to have making change because of pain or because of potential, most of the times we make it because of pain. So I guess I was getting tired and frustrated hearing the new normal, the new normal. And for me, the new normal should be Today, moving forward, I want to build in new habits or behaviors that will set me up for the rest of my life. So during COVID, right, you're sitting at home, whether you're like by myself or whether you have family kids, it's like you can't control the narrative if you allow it to. Like if you're not going to make a change right now, you're probably never going to make a change. And that was the quote that I saw is built around, you know, if if you want, if you don't come out of this thing with a new skill set or a new system um, then it's not a matter of time management. It's a, it's a lack of discipline. And I would hate to have that happen. So I know that, you know, we're recording this. We're kind of in hopefully the tail end of all this stuff happening, but that's why I launched the 28 day challenge is I want to, I want to be that catalyst for people. I want to pass the positive and be that. Now, if you are watching this and it's whatever it is, um, the 28 day challenge will be something I offer for free for everyone. So they can register, go to the fourhourworkday.com. That's just something, again, passing the positive. Um, and then if you enjoy that, obviously, we'll have more of an ongoing training platform and all that kind of stuff. But that is just something that I've just decided to do for as long as we're going to be in quarantine, um, is, is to pass the positive during these times. Uh, because, again, like, we, we all pay it forward. You know, I know we're all going through different things. And as small business owners, it's scary right now, especially in real estate, when it comes to a lot of the things that were going on so if there's anything that you know we can help people do then we should be helping people doing it because of the platform that we do have right
0: yeah you know and that's that's awesome how you say um you know passing the positive because so many times it is it's really about how do we add value you know how do we how do we offer something we were talking earlier about you know how do you help someone you help them by actually helping them you know um it's it's fairly simple and yet sometimes i think especially when things sort of um get tight or we become uncertain about what the future looks like i think often the initial reaction is to sort of tighten down on everything stop giving stop sharing keep your information for yourself and you know hoard what you have in case there's not any left i mean look at the toilet paper situation i mean what an example of hoarding something Oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, it, it, it's an, it's a natural instinct, it seems. But if in these times and, and if challenging times and really just in general, if we can be focused on how we pass the positive, as you say, um, I think we can just rise together. And the more that we can impact those around us in a positive way, the greater we can rise together. Do you, um? you know, as you kind yes, of Sarah, just – Oh, yeah. yeah
1: just add on to that real quick? Yeah. Because we were talking about this off air, and we were both sharing stories about – you know, when you're just focused on value, when you're not focused on selling, which that's really where we're at right now. Like this, this should be a mindset that we always have, right? Again, the new normal, that's like, that's kind of, if we just give value and we're not talking about prices and this, we're not trying to sell people and we're just giving value, then we'll attract the right people to us. And I know you were sharing about, you know, how to set up a new zoom and things like that. And I was talking about this, you know, the 28 day challenge, but when you're giving it away for free, it's, it's almost like you're, it's more fun because you're not. You don't feel pressure like, like I said. Imposter syndrome. It's like I have to be the best negotiator. Or I have to be the best this. But when you're just doing it for free, like that's where it was kind of fun for me because it's like number one, if you're not going to go through the 28 day challenge I'm giving giving away for free, you're probably never going to go through my coaching anyways. Like that was kind of a mindset that I had there. But also just getting into it now, I'm just doing daily 30 minute how to videos, and it's just fun because it's these are things that I just want to give away, and their people are more engaged because of it. So. I just thought that was interesting. Again, like the new normal, this could be something hopefully that we all take with us where it's not about selling. It's a, it is about just influencing and being really good at what you do. And then from there you create so much value where you become a must have versus a nice
0: to have. Absolutely. And you mentioned Stephen Covey and I just, I so love his writing. Um, you know, I was recently reading the speed of trust book and just, just the way that really, you know, engaging in an emotional level and in that emotional intelligence, like you were even talking about, where you're aware of the bigger picture of what's happening. It's really not about the product and the service. Um, it's really about the human being as a whole and yeah. how we interact together. It's, it's huge. And I think you're right. The, the way that we receive when we're willing to give is completely different than when we're in a place where we're just looking to get And you mentioned also um, something about the Go-Givers something. What is that? Is that based on the book?
1: Yeah. So, again, I I really enjoy borrowing concepts from people. (laughs) Because, again, none of this stuff is really new. I just kind of take my own little wrinkles and twists on it. So you've probably heard of the book, you know, go Giver Sell And I borrow from that concept, and I do social media. I I do go Giver social media. And again, even borrowing from Simon Sinek, there's a dopamine that gets released in the brain when you see, oh my gosh, I have a new notification, I have a like, I have a comment, I have a share, you know, I have whatever it might be. So go-giver social media tied to the Dream 100 concept is you should be that dopamine. You should be the drug for other people. So Facebook has a a old concept that a lot of people are just now starting to use, which is the, the friends list. So you can categorize your Facebook friends in little lists. It could be all my past clients. It could be all my referral partners. It could be all my current clients, right? It could be all these people that I'm trying to earn business through, but just engaging with them on there, liking their stuff, commenting on their stuff, paying attention to their stuff. So that to me is the go-giver social media is where I just get on there and I want to be that dopamine. I want to be the person that's engaging with their content. Um, and then I talked about the business, family, friends, fun post. So if you're engaging with their stuff and now they're engaging with your stuff, Facebook algorithms say that now you're much more likely to see their stuff and they're much more likely to see your stuff. So again, it's like, but it's compound, right? It might take you 90 days to where you're consistently showing up and getting likes and comments um, through all that. Uh, but it's, it's just being intentional with a lot of the stuff because, you know, in marketing, we all talk about omnipresence and, you know, my whole concept is I want to see your name everywhere. Yeah. In today's world, it takes 15 times for somebody to see your name before they actually are like, all right, who is this person, right? It used to be like five times back in the day. But the world that we live in now with so much content, it, it takes that many times now where people are like, okay, every time I see this person's stuff, it resonates with me. And I stop when I read it or I watch the video. So now they're going to start, they're, they're, again, probabilities, and they're much more likely to engage in that if you're liking commenting on their stuff and they're doing the same with your stuff so that was a long-winded answer to say go-giver social media is you want to be the dopamine to other people whether that's 10 minutes uh, a day or whatever that benchmark is for you and your business
0: that's huge i mean and it's just coming up with ways to engage in a meaningful way with the people around us you know and virtually and and in person and whatever it might be it's It's creative ways to create those bonds, and um, I love that. I'd never heard of that go-giver social media. That's that's a great way to see it. Um, You know, you've brought up a few, like, just in talking a few books. Are there any books that you love to recommend or anything you're reading right now?
1: I get this question a lot, and people are are usually surprised. Uh, I'm not really a reader, and maybe it's because I had to do a dissertation, and I had to read all these different kinds of studies. Uh, I much more would rather watch videos and learn from it that way and take notes. And I'm much more of a kinesthetic learner. Um, however, I am really good at this when it comes to books. So we were talking about the ultimate sales machine with Chet Holmes. I just ordered that one on Amazon and this is what I do. I will look up the cliff notes version of a book. That's how I got through (laughs) my PhD. And there's going to be one chapter that will resonate with me. And when I buy the book, then I'll read the whole cliff notes of the entire book. And then I'll say, all right, I'm going to read that one chapter and implement that one thing. Um, because on average, less than 1% of the population will finish our book from cover to cover. And it's not because they don't like the book. It's our, again, our attention spans in today's world are incredibly difficult. So even when I write my own book, I'm not going to expect somebody to read it from, from cover to cover. But there's going to be something in there that resonates with somebody. So that's really what I do is I'm more will read, I'll read the cliff notes version on all these amazing books that are out there. And then I'll still buy the books, but I'll read that one chapter and then I'll figure out, okay, what can I, what resonates most with me within that one chapter, you know?
0: That's awesome. That's a good way to do it. I usually will listen on audible and have the book with me so that if I hear something that I like, and I always listen on audible at like 1.3 speed, Yep. And I forgot that I do that until somebody got in my car and was like, God, every time I get into your car, these people sound like chipmunks. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess that's probably why. But then I just keep the book in my car so I can make notes on the page as they, if I hear something that I, I want to go back and, and check out again, but I need to start doing this cliff note thing. That's a great way to, to get through the information and, and find what's relevant to you.
1: Well, it's so funny. You mentioned the 1.3 thing. Uh, last night I you can, you can upload that onto your computer now too. There's like a, I use Google Chrome. So there's an extension to do that for all your videos up in the corner. It will say like, you want to, so I, I just now started doing that on my computer because I used to do it for my my audios as well, but now you can actually do it through your YouTube videos and stuff like that as well.
0: Oh, good to know. See, there's another little tip. Um, you know, there's often like a few ingredients that people feel Mm. are the key pieces of developing strong relationships. Do you have like a few things, I know we kind of talked through your belief system and sort of that from that sales standpoint, but when it comes to really just connecting, whether it's with someone in your personal network or your professional network, are there a few things that you think are the key pieces of being able to build those deep connections?
1: I would say, and again, this is a platitude, but being yourself is important. Uh, I'm actually, I can be very polarizing like, for people that meet me, you know, in person. Uh, I can turn it on and I can smooth and I can do all that kind of stuff, but when you really get to know me, uh, I'm very direct uh, when it comes to a lot of different things. My opinions, I can be very impatient, all that kind of stuff. So long story short would be be yourself always, right? Because they're either going to resonate with it or they're not. I'm not saying go out there and meet somebody be an asshole if you're an asshole, right? (laughs) My likability part of this um, and have fun with it, but I I just feel like the more comfortable you get with who you are, what you do, and why you matter, again, tied to your story and all those kinds of things, uh, you know, self-actualization, the highest form of thing that we're all trying to get to is where you can just be comfortable in your own shoes and not try to impress different people at all times, Um, you know. And then, obviously, it's the whole expression of we all have two ears and, and one mouth for a reason, so asking questions about other people, engaging with other people, I do think that's a big part of it. You know, having lived in the South and the North and the East and the West, uh, it's, it's really interesting connecting with people from all walks of life. Uh, and I do think that that's definitely a skill set that you, you would have to learn if, you're, if you've never been, uh, you know, in Nashville, for instance, or you've never been in Knoxville, or you've never been, it's, you know, we all, we all come from different walks of life with different cultures and experiences. So part of it is you, you do have to learn by doing. Um, sort of a thing, but my biggest piece of advice would be obviously ask questions, engage with them, know your story, figure out your one or two uh, commonalities. It's called social identity, right? We socially identify with people whether it's through sports, whether it's through struggles, whether it's through whatever it might be, where we're from, right? But figure out what those two or three things are, and then from there you can you can start there at least with the conversations. You know that's why I have like Detroit Lions and Michigan Wolverines, and I have all these things because. They turn into conversation pieces. Or when I share that I played baseball, like, oh, what school did you go to? Or I share that I have a PhD. What's your PhD in? Oh, I went to this school. And then you start talking, right? So I do think a big part of it is finding those commonalities, the social identity part of it, and asking questions to help figure out what that is. But most importantly, man, just be yourself. Have fun with, with who you are, what you do, and why it matters. You can't make everyone else happy. Uh, that's actually a quote I talk about. It's if, if you try to make everyone else happy, you're guaranteed to make yourself unhappy.
0: Isn't that the truth? Yeah.
1: So spend 80% of your time on the 20% of people who deserve it the most. But you have to figure out who those people are. You know, there's a lot of, there's 7 billion people on the planet. So it's kind of, we have to go through a lot of, you know, we have to kiss a lot of frogs to, to figure out who the prince is, so to speak.
0: Yeah. No, thank you for sharing. And I'm curious, like, do you have any major pet peeve?
1: Major pet peeve? Well, I did say I, I'm, <laughs> I didn't know I was this impatient, but I, I really am. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I say a lot common sense isn't always common practice, but I wish it was because there's so many times it's like, it's little things like working out and there's five bicycles and I'm sitting here and someone comes stands sits right next to me and I'm looking around the gym. I'm like, there's four other bikes and they're all spread out. Why are you sitting right next to me? There's just little things like that, I guess, that are pet peeves. I'm, I'm sure that's not what you were looking for.
0: Um, yeah, but, that's fine. I, I'm not looking for anything. I'm just curious. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you learn a lot, not only by what people like, but what they don't like. Um, it's, it's just kind of an insightful place into, into what's important to people sometimes. So it's funny. I and I, I don't anticipate that you're being, um, impatient is, I think it probably has to do with you just being kind of one of those people who likes to get things done. Um, cause I could sense that even just, you know, talking to you that you definitely don't waste time getting things done.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think it would be the word that you use would be, so, be if you're socially unaware. You know, like we all go to bars. I mean, you know, people that are just socially unaware and you're like, oh my gosh. So I guess that would be my big (laughs) spec.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for um,
1: asking that. That was fun. That was interesting. See uh, you on that one.
0: Yeah, it's just sometimes fun. I mean, we don't spend a lot of time. Thankfully, we don't, you know, focus on that most often. But it's just sort of interesting to see where, and, and also, I make notes so that I know when we're, you know, hanging out, I just know to to watch out for those certain things. But, um, you know, thank you so much for just sharing what you have so far with us. And, you know, one of the big things that I like to, to try to have people have the opportunity to walk away with is just, you know, sort of your philosophy or anything that you sort of want to share as we wrap up about how they can increase their social capital, how they can you know, do a couple of things to really, that are practical pieces, and you've kind of already given us a, a ton, but just a couple of practical things that people can do that they can walk away today and put into action and see results.
1: Well, yeah, I definitely mentioned the four-hour workday. Um, at the core, that is if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, solopreneur, the four-hour workday, if you just did that every day, you're guaranteed to have success at some point. You know, If you do your personal development, tied to your professional development, your marketing and your operations. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I would just say, cause again, like talking about COVID and all that, all that stuff happening is um, 80% of people that are, that are on Facebook now are looking for information and they're gonna find it from somebody. And I would just say, you know, shame on you if you're not being that source of information for your database of people that trust you. So whether it's real estate, mortgage, whatever industry that you're in, they're looking for this information and they're gonna find it from somebody Um, I would just say you, but you have to be that somebody, whether it's for five people, 50 people, 500 people, 5,000 people, however many people it is. I'm just wanting to give you permission to be a person of influence versus a person of interest. And the reason I differentiate these two things, a person of interest, we all know people of interest is they do it because it's self-serving. So if you're on Instagram and somebody has 50 stories a day it's not because they're doing it to help other people. It's really self-serving, okay? So no offense if you're that person. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, okay? But I'm just trying to give people that are people of influence permission because they're the ones that are scared to post and just scared to do the videos. But they're really the ones that have usually the best information, right? Because they're strong in operations. Like they're strong in certain ingredients like we talked about earlier, That make them really good at what they do, but they're just afraid to share it. So if nothing else, I just wanna give you permission. I mean, video is important. I hate doing video and I speak for a living, so I completely get it. But it's such an important part of building a long term sustainable business. People wanna see your face and they wanna see your videos. They want they wanna see that you're the the expert, the must have go to person. And you look the way that you look, you sound the way that you sound, okay. If you wanna change the way that you look, then you know you you can work out, you can get healthier, you can eat certain foods, right? All those kinds of things. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to empower people to where they're gonna find the information somewhere. If it's your database, you should dominate that database. Like I said, that Dream 100. They, if they're going to other people for the information and using other people, that's not their problem, that's your problem. Um, so if nothing else, just giving people confidence to be the person of influence, not the person of interest. The person of influence that educates or entertains their database
0: that's awesome and isn't it crazy it's so true that if we will put ourselves out there um you know doing this stuff and doing the videos i mean it's a true effort of self-love especially in the beginning i mean you have to be nice to yourself because i looked at myself the first few times i'm like is my face really like that like do i really sound like that when i talk i mean and and so it's like you know I think everyone has those experiences and at some point you just sort of welcome them and open yourself up to just being who you are um, you know but as you you know put yourself out there are you finding that it's getting easier or does it always is it always hard
1: I don't enjoy it I don't <laughs> um, I don't naturally have a nice awesome cute smile there's a lot of I have rusting bitch face. <laughs> I don't know, might, you need to might need to cut that out. Um, you know, So there's a lot of there's a lot of little things that I learned because you know when I did when I launched ninety day sales I had to do ninety days of video for thirty like twenty or thirty minutes a day. That's a lot of time for you to see yourself. And then I decided to reshoot it all because I didn't have the right locale and I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have a, a nice camera, so I had to reshoot all three hundred videos again. So I maybe it was that that I learned to to not like video because I had to do so much of it. Um, but yeah, I I just think it's just like anything else though. Again, if you focus on the message of not focusing on what you're going to say or how you're going to be perceived, but focusing on the message at hand. So that's why I tell people talk about things that you know about, you know, like I can get on here and talk all day about personal development because I've spent over a decade in my life and I have a PhD in like, I've spent so much of my time on these areas. If you had me talk about cooking or something like that, I would be awful at it. I would stumble through it every step of the way. So talk about the things that you're that you're passionate about, whether it's sports, whether it's drinking, whether it's social, whether it's your products, whether it's your service, you know, and, and do mix it up. Maybe once a week do a video on something going on in the market. Maybe once a week you do something that going is going on with your family. Maybe once a week you're doing something, or once I say once a week, once a month, do one of those. Right, spread mm-hmm. it out, and, and now it becomes more fun for you. Uh, if you don't enjoy doing video, I would, not, I would tell you don't do video every day. Like, you're gonna learn to resent it. And again, like, you can tell when other people aren't having fun doing it, sort of a thing. But maybe you spend a whole day. Uh, this is actually um, some coaching I give to people in our service through our digital marketing uh, that we help with people. But we help people do 52 videos, so a video per week, and then just recording them all in one day. So just get dressed up, paid up, sprayed up, and just go out and do it one day and shoot all these videos. And now you can create 52 weeks of content that you can slowly pump out to your database. So there's some different ways of, of doing these different things. But to answer your main question, um, I just feel like if you don't enjoy video, could you get better at it and enjoy it? Yes, absolutely. But I I, I do think it's kind of one of those things you you really enjoy it or you probably don't.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes me feel better. I mean, I'm not sure that I enjoy it, but I'm definitely getting more used to it yeah. um, and more used to sort of just being uncomfortable in it, you know? Uh, thank well, you so much. What was that? I was going to
1: say, I think you get comfortable, like, like doing it, right? You get more comfortable doing it, and now it becomes more natural, and you have certain key talking points as well. So that's that whole having something to say is just as important as having somebody to say it too. So if you're giving the same messages, like I can go through my five habits all day. I can go through the four-hour workday all day. I can go through – because I'm talking about these things a lot. So I do think you get more natural. It's just the fact that now you have a camera and lights and you're on the spot and you know it's being recorded. Um, so if you can learn how to take the pressure off of it, then that certainly helps. Or even just doing it, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm now having like learning moments as we're doing this podcast or whatever we're calling it. Um, and that's why I like interviews so much. These are way easier. So even if you just had somebody interviewing you, like I hate doing selfie videos. If you ever watch me, you, you're very rarely going to see me doing selfie videos. But I do these all the time because this is more fun and natural. Um, so I'm just kind of having some, some breakthroughs as we're talking through this as to why, again, being self-aware So
0: yeah, self-awareness is huge. And then just that, like you said, I mean, that willingness to just kind of grow and expand. And I feel like a theme that's sort of just kind of resounding in your episode here is just that that welcoming your individualness, like just being okay with who you are and um, and working within those confines instead of just trying to be something that naturally you're just it doesn't fit and it doesn't feel authentic but um you know you just you kind of keep just touching on the fact that that authenticity is huge in knowing who you are and then being able to relate to people around you in that
1: well said absolutely
0: uh bruce it has been awesome having you i so appreciate you taking the time to do this for us we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes so people can reach out and get in touch with you and check out your website and your programs and um, is there anything that you want to sort of leave us with before we close up?
1: Well, I just want to thank you. You know, it's, it's a lot of work on your end to do these episodes and to do these interviews. So thank you to you for going out there and finding people that you think would be of value to your database and for doing the heavy lifting. Um, you know, cause video is a beast. The lighting is a beast. The, the video editing is a beast. The intros and outros are a beast. So um, I just appreciate when when people like you that want to be an influencer, again, we don't, I don't like the word, um, and you're not a quote-unquote influencer, but you're being an influence to your database. So the fact that you're, again, being comfortable being uncomfortable and that you're doing the heavy lifting required, because a lot of people talk about doing stuff like this, right? And the fact that you're just doing it, I mean, that speaks volumes about you that you just want to give back. So that was a long-winded way for me just to say thank you to you for for being amazing and, and for putting you know these interviews on
0: oh well thank you and i mean it goes to show like i literally reached out to you on linkedin i've been following you for a while i've been seeing what you were giving out um, watching the information that you willingly share without a cost and learning and growing from that information and then finally just said you know what i'm just gonna see if he would be up for this so um you know there it is an action just the idea of using who you are and what you are to connect with other people. And so thank you for uh, not thinking I was some crazy girl in Denver who just wanted to uh, pick your brain but for actually getting in here and sharing some of the, the knowledge that you have with us. I, I think it's, um, it's just a, a really fun way for us to learn about the world around us and to realize that we're really much more similar than we, we think oftentimes. For
1: sure. Uh, well, you said a keyword in there, and that that could be the final takeaway would just be we often get what we want in life by asking for it, right Isn't We can't be afraid truth? to ask for it, and so just asking just reaching out to people and asking them whether it's asking them for a meeting, asking them for uh the business, asking them for referrals, you know again, like depending on what industry that you're in, it doesn't really matter, but we we have to ask for it. We can't be afraid to ask for these different kinds of things for sure
0: absolutely. Um, thank you again, Bruce. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing where this goes for you. Um, the sky is definitely the limit. And so I hope that we can do this again in the future.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And I will definitely be having you as a guest for, for our community as well. So again, passing the positive is a, a very important thing for all of us. Um, because I actually enjoy asking questions about other people too, right? Because it's, it's fun to learn about other people. So uh, I can't wait to interview you and, and put you in front of our audience as well.
0: Oh, well I look forward to that. And um I'm definitely game. So we'll set something up and we'll uh we'll share our audience and our information and just continue this uh this go giver mentality.
1: Perfect. I love it.
0: Awesome. Thank I you so for much. For, and we're gonna go snowboarding. I mean, I don't know now. Hopefully they, they get all of that moving again by next season, but we'll uh we'll definitely hit the slopes. For sure. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.